CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called the Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins. Good. That, that, I, wanted, I wanted you to cry. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. As soon as I was doing it, I was like, oh yeah, he wants this. Yeah. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Barrett Scher. Hello! And Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. Today we have a very special guest. It's writer-director David Frain, who Ooh. has done a movie called Dating Amber. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. And actually, I should I should stress it's coming out now on November the 10th. Alright, November 10th it is. Uh, this, uh, this movie is about a gay teen, uh, in what we would call high school. Do you, is that what you would call it out there? What do you call it? Um, out there? We call it secondary school. Secondary school. Okay. So, uh, so uh, it's a gay teen in secondary school who, uh, finds a lesbian friend to pretend date so that they can cover their Ooh. sexuality to everybody else. Uh, and uh, put on this sort of uh, show for everyone, basically. Uh, how much of this movie is autobiographical? Um, kind of a tragically large amount of it is autobiographical. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up where, where the film set, um, just outside Dublin in Ireland. Um, and I grew up kind of around the time of the film a little bit later, um, which is set in the 90s. And yeah, I, you know, I really struggled, like a lot of people, uh, coming to terms with my sexuality. And I had a friend in school who later turned out to be a lesbian. And it was in hindsight, we thought, God, our lives would have been so much easier if we just pretended to go out for a year or two. And that was <laughs> where, where the idea of the film came from. But a lot of the really embarrassing things that happened in the film, a lot of the, you know, the big struggling scenes with my family, they're all kind of 100% truthful. So it's, it's, it's as truthful as I think I'll ever get. On, on film yeah uh it, it, that was another question i had was that the uh the uh, it, the family dynamic in this uh is is really interesting it's also like very frank uh i don't know how frank it gets I, I, every time i see this in in a, in an american film i'm like oh they're just doing that for fun the families don't talk to each other like this yeah yeah but, <laughs> but did, did, did they did did your family or did or or do families in general talk like this in in uh, Ireland? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think um, I mean Irish people. You know, we do swear a lot, uh, which I, <laughs> I, I kind of I'm kind of used to tempering now when I talk to you know Americans or English. But um, we swear a lot, and we can be quite. It's kind of like it's a nice mixture of extremely pent up and repressed and quite frank. I think it's kind of the <laughs> best. Of Ireland. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the stuff in this is very true, very true. A lot of the conversations are true to life. I mean, even there's a very bizarre sex ed video in this uh, run by a mom. Oh my which, God. Yeah, but that's like based on a real video. That was one yeah. of my questions. Yeah. I had to know if that was real. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, it's, it, it's too bizarre to be real, but it was real. It, 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 it was made in the nineties and it, they are in the eighties, but they still played it 
So I watched the real version in the 90s when I was kind of, I think I was about 12 when I was shown it. Um, <laughs> and it is like all the really bizarre things are, are true to life. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Ireland is very bizarre in many ways. And I think, and I think very often the most absurd stuff is realistic in life anywhere. Um, but yeah, so yeah, families are pretty frank um, and, and, and nuns give sex ed. That's Ireland. <laughs> is there drinking tea right as they're uh, in mid-coitus? That was sort of what I was thinking. Like there's a, there's sort of a reality, uh, you know, like exaggeration wheel where like you look at it and it's like, man, this is so exaggerated. But then I was thinking to myself, this might actually be real. I've yeah. seen videos like this that are just <laughs> that, that, that people think they're helping and they're just being insane uh, yeah. during it. Um, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always find, I, I think very often when, very often for me, comedy is the most truthful because those absurd moments do just ring so um, honestly and true to life. Um, you know, I often find it like an Armandia Nucci type thing. It, like the Veep is more honest than say the West Wing, you know, it's a more honest like, kind of right. view of politics would be. Um, and I think with this, you know, rather than those kind of, yeah, as much as I love many of them, but those kind of quite po-faced, dour coming up, coming out stories, they didn't reflect my experience. My experience was very tragic and very funny and very cringeworthy. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to bring to the screen. Yeah. During the logos of this movie, I, there's a, there's a smattering of audio mm. uh, where I was wondering if that was sort of the summary of what you were hearing back in the nineties about, yeah. uh, about gay life and everything. And, and uh, is that, is that sort of true? Yeah, I mean, it's at the time, absolutely. I think you know, and you know, even when you're watching sitcoms at the time, whether they be American or, or English, they were there was so much kind of passive homophobia in them. And then in Ireland, you know, we it was it was only in 1993 that Ireland decriminalized homosexuality. So you know, it wasn't mm. like you grew up kind of being taboo. You grew up being criminal. And I think that was a big legacy for a lot of my generation going into adulthood was just, you know, coming from this extremely Catholic country that had not yet begun to liberalize, really. I think this film is set at the beginning of what would be the liberalization of Ireland. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff, you know, growing up with those AIDS ads and those really tragic kind of representations of of being gay were your only touch point, touchstone for 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 gay people um, and it was never a funny or happy representation and I think that does inform form how you experience the world around you at that time but you know I think what I found really interesting is even though I, I set this you know because I love the 90s and it was kind of nostalgic for me I was really struck by how how much my younger cast many of them who were still in school how much they they kind of responded to the film and how much of their own experiences um, rang true to what was going on in the film. I think, you know, kids, I don't think kids learn men, like morality until they're about 18 and they're generally just, like, can I say arseholes? They're arseholes. Yes. You can, you can say whatever you like. So their kids are just innately quite mean and, and, you know, when they're being funny and they don't often know the hurt they're causing. But I think if you're, if you know if you're struggling with your identity the stuff that happens around you can have a massive impact and i think that's what both eddie and amber in the film are going through is you know they're just kind of surrounded by this passive onslaught of kind of toxic masculinity and and kind of homophobia and just general crap um 
Yes. Yeah, and it's it's really encapsulated in several moments, but one <clears throat> just tiny moment where uh, where Amber says, "This is the longest I have been. Uh, it's been since I've been called a lesbian, mm. uh, and ex- except for after uh, a tragic event happened, and uh, it, it's she doesn't seem like somebody whom that would affect all that much." Mm. But you can tell that it does. Just something like that over and over and over. It's death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. And this relationship has saved her just the grief of constantly getting that. Um, yeah, I, it, it's just really amazing how you can encapsulate that in such a tiny moment in yeah. time. I, absolutely. I mean, I think you know that, that kind of constant onslaught just... Um, just affects you it doesn't matter how confident you think you are and I, obviously in this film you know um amber played brilliantly by lola pettigrew she's you know the more confident person i mean she's kind of definitely more at ease with being um queer she just can't ever consider being queer where she grew up and she wants mm. to escape um, and it's the opposite for for eddie who just can't consider being queer full stop um mm-hmm. yeah even for her I, th- I think it's just it's just you need a break you need a reprieve and that's what this relationship gives them and then they re- it gives them so much more they end up forming this great um first love i mean it is a it's a love story for me albeit platonic it is they are each other's first love they help shape who the other one's going to become and it's just it's a beautiful relationship um, mm-hmm. and i really like that that's sort of what I was thinking about this uh, relationship was, yeah. is that it is almost like people who are dating, mm. except for the things that the, the things that people are, talk about when they're dating, like when do we have sex or when do we start yeah. having sex there instead of having sex, the, the discussion revolves around when do we start telling people that we've <laughs> yeah. had sex yeah, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and even, even up to uh, other certain moments, it felt like, you know, the, it felt like very real, like maybe they weren't dating in the traditional sense, but everything else about that, that relationship was like dating and, and yeah. everything. I thought it was an interesting dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's obviously it's based on a lie, but it's, a hugely honest relationship and the most honest relationship either of them has ever had because they can actually be themselves with each other. Um, and I, yeah, I really love that. I mean, I kind of, I always see this film in a way as a romantic comedy, you know, it is, you know, it is, it is this big romantic comedy between these two kids. They just, you know, they just don't fancy each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you uh, come about uh, casting for this? Uh, there's, there's, you know, you have two dynamic leads here, Fiona Shea, Lola Pettigrew, yeah. and a wonderful supporting cast mm-hmm. uh, in this. Yeah. Uh, so how did you come, come, come along uh, with finding yeah. these people? I mean, it was a big, you know, I, it, all my anxiety with this film was kind of wrapped in, in finding, the, the right Eddie and Amber, I think, you know, the film really hangs on their shoulders. And I felt like if they weren't right, or if you didn't believe their chemistry, the film just wouldn't work. So we mm. did a really long casting to find the right Eddie and Amber. And, you know, we got hundreds of self-tapes and Lola and Fionn both self-taped and they were amazing. But then we did a chemistry read between the the, the kind of top four boys and four girls just to, and brought them in twos and just saw all these different pairings and saw which was the right one. And once we saw Lola and Fionn together, it was like, it was really lightning in a bottle. They were just extraordinary. And then we just had a really long, like six months of kind of rehearsal, which was just a way for me to make sure they were becoming friends. But like, um, they really quickly became best friends. I mean, 
remember I was scouting for a location with my DP Rory and we bumped into Fiona Lola on the streets of Dublin drinking wine from a sippy cup and I was like yeah, <laughs> these are friends now we did our job <laughs> so yeah like they even, they even spent lockdown together like they're that they're literally inseparable they you know they FaceTime like four times a day it's just they're just best buds and that's lovely um, but but the, like like you said, the surrounding cast is amazing. I mean, I think obviously most known in the US would be Sharon Horgan, who's mm-hmm. yeah. her mother, and she's just brilliant. And I really wrote this role for her. And I think she came on board extremely early. I don't know how. I think I just about finished the first draft, and my agent sent it to her agent. Then a week later, I was having coffee with uh, Sharon in Soho in London, going, "What the feck happened here?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was amazing, and she's so funny, but also so emotional. I think she, she's really playing my mother in the film, and she, some of the scenes just really cut straight to the heart <laughs> um but yeah she's brilliant and you know the dad barry ward and all the other kids are just hilarious i mean they, they can, are they yeah. can have their own spin-off they're so funny <laughs> um, they really oh yeah are. no if you i would like to see a kev movie uh if you can uh, yeah if you yeah. can work that out <laughs> absolutely let's start that campaign right now i I, <laughs> I, well, I have to say about the kids too i i really like these characters because they're not they're not like really none of them are really bad kids they're just no. kids right um yeah. like kev is kind of like he would be if you compared him to like you know one of these comedies in america he'd probably be like the stifler but like he's not a jerk he's just um yeah. kind of ignorant i guess would be the best yeah. way to put it exactly. i mean like no i think that's how i see it i didn't want any kind of straightforward yeah. antagonist because i very often think we see these kind of persecuting figures who are really anti-gay or horrible and very often the things that hurt you most is just kind of it's just harm har- what people think is harmless bullying but it's actually very very damaging and i don't think you know kev or the other kids in the film ever really know that the hurt they're causing and you know i like to think in a few years time kev would grow up to be this really lovely informed enlightened man but right now he's just an arsehole teenager and, you, know, <laughs> and, you know i don't you know and he himself has got his own insecurities and issues and mm-hmm. yeah i just didn't want any I didn't want some sort of stereotypical cliched bully or, or, or kind of cliched military father, because I don't think they're, they're not my experience at least. And they're not true to my life. And I think that's very often what you, you're, you most often see in these films, but I just think the truth is very often way more nuanced than that. I'm so glad you talked about the father. The father is one of the most compelling characters in this. When you first meet him, he almost seems like Chris Cooper in American beauty. Yeah, he, he almost seems uh-huh. very straightforward, demanding, and he's going to beat ass if he finds out that his son is gay or that he's uh, failing at, at, at the physical requirements, things like that. Mm. And it, it's such a great performance because not only do you see his vulnerability in one scene in particular, but but you also see his relationship with his son not being completely antagonistic. He even, you know encourages him you know to go one way or another at one point and it's i'm so glad you said that because it's such a complete view of a character that's not a caricature yeah um and that's refreshing to see yeah i mean a lot of that's because barry ward who plays um ian the dad is amazing actor he's such a 
he's such a brilliant guy. But yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I just, you know, I think we're so often used to these quite one-note military dads. And my dad yeah. was in the army, and I think I would have had a lot of fear when I was a kid about what he would think of me. Or, But actually, the reality is he's the most loving, kind person. And, you know, sometimes people have difficulty knowing how to communicate the right things. But that doesn't mean right. that art is in the, in the right place. And I think that's very much so uh, Barry's character, the dad, is that he just he doesn't always say the right things, but he means the right things. And he himself is struggling with things that his dad did to him um, in being quite kind of a, an angry military kind of person. So, yeah, I just, you know, I think it's just, I wanted to make sure that, you know, the audience are quite clear that if Eddie did, you know, come out, his parents would be fine with it. They'd be really mm. loving, but the, you know, it's his own inner demons that are holding him back. It's not those people around him. He's his own antagonist. And, you know, the people around him are just navigating the world and trying to make the best of it in the way, in, in best way they can and have their own baggage and issues. Um, yeah. But yeah, Barry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even God, I love scenes like this where, it's it it's almost anxiety uh, producing to watch this movie, and I mean that in in a good way because you're you're channeling Eddie's anxiety. There's a, a moment I don't want to spoil anything, but it, there's a moment where the his mom knows, his mom absolutely knows, and she's just asking him to level with her, yeah. and he can't do it. You're right; he's he's his own antagonist. He gets in his own way. He can't do it. And it's frustrating, but then you think about his frustration. <laughs> you yeah. know, if I'm frustrated as a viewer, how frustrated is this guy? You know, you know I mean that that scene. I mean, Sharon is so brilliant in that scene, as is uh, is Fionn. But that scene is one of those scenes that is very much based on uh, uh, like a real situation with my mum, and I think mm. it, it really speaks to a lot of parents to gay kids, where you know they might have a, a, a hint or they might know, but they don't know how to how to, I guess, broach it with their child. And I right. think there's that big fear of you have to let the, 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 the kid or the adult or whoever come out in their own way in their own time. And you don't want to like say you're gay because that's can be really damaging. So it's just, you know, it's this mother in the nineties trying to be really loving and supportive, but not knowing what the best thing to do is. And I just think that's really, it speaks really truthfully, I think, to my parents and most most parents of, of queer kids, you know, who are trying to do the best. But again, they just don't know what the best thing is. And it's a hard situation to navigate. But yeah, I think that's one of the scenes that always makes me tear up just because it's so kind of true to my own life. Um, oh, can I tell you, by the, it's the last thing I'll say, I'm sorry, but uh, I cried like a <laughs> baby at the end of this movie i absolutely <laughs> cried my eyeballs out that, that, I, wanted, I wanted you to cry um, oh my god i knew it i knew it as soon as i was doing it i was like oh yeah he wants this yeah, that's and true. god i just couldn't help myself and no it, it is like it's you know it's a hopeful ending without giving it away but it is it's you know it's about like going back to what i was saying about it being a romantic comedy and it's a big tear-jerking romance in a way and you know, you're letting go to let somebody move on. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, and I'm again, getting teared up right now. Stop you know, it. Yeah. <laughs> that day was really special on set. Just watching Fionn and Lola do those scenes. It just, they're just so good, you know? Mm. 
when you have when you have a cast like that, you kind of just point the cameras and watch it happen. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I really, uh, I really like the period detail, by mm. the way, in this too. Uh, 1995 was the year I graduated high school. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Uh, um, uh, the, uh, but, uh, the, uh, some, some things in there that were fun. Uh, there's, there's, uh, references to both Oasis and blur yeah. in, this, uh, <laughs> yes. in this. And so I'm wondering for, for the record, who were you on? Whose side were you on? In blur, the blur, always blur. Yeah. It's only blur. They're better musicians, less laddie, you know, less macho, kind of just generally better. And like, I was a really big blur fan and a really big. This is the correct fan. answer. This is the, yeah, absolutely yeah, the correct yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the uh, Guys who liked Oasis were the guys who scared me. So, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the reference to zines, which I didn't think I'd ever hear that word ever again. Uh, that was something that was amazing. Just the and the 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 casual uh, reference to uh, like anarchy and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, those were very very true to to my high school experiences. No, my, my I kind of grew up in the tail end of zines, but I just, I love that Lola wants to, you know, set up a zine and like yeah. an anarchist book yeah. with, with franchise potential, which is such a ridiculous. <laughs> and, and of course the, she gets asked like, you know, can you make money doing that? And she's like, Oh yeah. Loads of money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, no, I know it's, um, but I mean, I think that that's just being, I mean, even now I'm sure it's with different things. Like, like youtube channels but that you're just a delusional child and you know i loved i'm really i'm really fond of teenage pretension because i was a very pretentious teenager and i love that you know there's a real idiocy with it even though i think you know it can create the foundation of really smart brilliant informed people but i like that she's really like pretentious because Mm -hmm. that i think teenagers are brilliant when they're pretentious you know we all are and it's amazing you know um yeah i wanted her to be as pretentious as they come but in the most loving way (laughs) (laughs) there's a there's a scene at the beginning of this where uh where there you know there was right he's riding on his bike and Mm. and he goes in he like sort of uh, doesn't notice that he's going into an open firing range is that something that you can do that happened to me so i grew up (laughs) yeah no that that town that the story is set in and um, it's called the Carabank barracks and i grew up there and it is actually mm-hmm. it's a mili- it's an active military town so you know you're you're always like around tanks and soldiers and firing ranges and then there's oh, you're not allowed to go through the firing ranges but yeah frequently you would cycle not realizing there's live ammo kind of warning signs and stuff and uh, <laughs> I don't know how I made it through alive, to be honest. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely one that's true to life. Um, yeah, and it's a weird environment because it's a normal like little town like you would have in America or or Ireland or anywhere, but you're just surrounded by guns. Well, actually, sorry, not so un- abnormal for America, but uh, <laughs> definitely in, in Ireland, yeah. it's unusual. Um, so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a really weird place, and I just love it. It's like a it's a really beautiful kind of 18th or kind of 20th century red brick kind of turn of 20th century red brick town. It's kind of like a Wes Anderson town come to life. It's like, you know, it's like a toy <laughs> town. Um, and I just love it. And I've always wanted to bring it to the screen. So it's been a big, long ambition of mine to bring the Kara to, 
to cinema. Well, I'll tell yeah. you, I have never wanted to go somewhere more <laughs> after watching a movie than this. Those <laughs> those those hills that they run yeah. up on and just you know look over the pastures and everything. God, I mean, it's 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 a, a tourism commercial <laughs> for that part of Ireland. It's gorgeous. I feel like I need to be paid by the tourism board. Um, right, but it's 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 a weird place because you know it's really beautiful, and you know you grow up not realizing how beautiful it is until you kind of go away. Um, but it, it's one of those places. It's kind of bypassed by the roads, so it's one of those places in Ireland you drive buy without ever going through so it's kind of like a hidden treasure in ireland itself people don't really know mm. how beautiful the cura is um ex- unless you're from kildare like i am so yeah it's kind of nice just being able to show people how lovely it is <laughs> because it really is stunning it's one of the biggest open plains in europe i think it might be the second biggest um, wow. and it's just stunning and you know it's you know it's i mean it's covered in sheep shit but it's stunning <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who, who, I, I, I'm sorry that I did not, I was not able to, uh, find this, uh, before yeah. asking you, but, uh, who's, who plays his brother? Who plays Eddie's brother in this? Oh, he's a, he's an absolute icon. Um, his brother's, is he? by, he's, his brother's played by, um, Evan O'Connor. Who's, this is his very first role. He's only like 13. Um, oh my God. He's so funny in this. He, so funny he's gonna get snapped up by some like judd apatow or something like he's so <laughs> so funny and he ad-libs unlike anybody i've ever seen like you're watching him just ad-lib with sharon horton going what the hell is going on it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his timing is perfect oh his timing oh. Like, the minute we like it was a, i think after Eddie and Amber, that was the hardest role to cast because you're essentially having a young kid talk about things like fingering, which could be dis- yeah. which could be really gross if it's not in the right hands. But he just his comedy timing is so funny. We would break break the like the sets would just break out in laughter very often after the tape. He was just yeah, and he's so he's he's a really he like he, he's not like this is his first role i think he'll go into a very big career but he's such an on-phase kid he just comes in going what's that oh it's a nintendo what's a nintendo oh okay and then <laughs> and then leaves and like he's just so on phase by everything and so brilliant um mm. yeah. i kind of want to do an outtake because his outtakes are the best probably my favorite scene of this movie. there's a, there are a lot of great scenes but my yeah. favorite scene of this movie has got to be when when eddie and amber go to their room and go to his room and 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 uh you know his mom's like keep the door open and then he immediately follows by saying oh well they haven't had sex yet and she's like jesus christ <laughs> and, 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 and then he's like oh all they've done is all he's done is fingered her <laughs> and it's just so matter of fact and everything He's, uh, he's so he is genuinely one of the funniest finds I think ever. He, um, yeah, he, all his scenes are brilliant. I just think he's, he's well, and that that's a moment that works a couple different ways too. Because I mean, it is really funny, but also that does actually make sense. I mean, a lot you know, he's just one of those kids that's like doesn't understand these adult things, but you know, feels like he does. Yeah, uh, it it felt like he would actually say something like that in that moment. I also liked the little running bit where he kept letting uh um 
letting his brother know that people were talking about him and he would <laughs> he would try to like soften it but then he would actually make it worse yeah. you know he was like well, well actually it is everybody you know like, <laughs> he, he's really like he really is just brilliant um he, yeah yeah no, he's he's just so good I'm kind of in awe <laughs> um and he's kind of i always in the script even i think that character jack the younger brother he's kind of like the greek chorus in the film he's kind of just yeah. there to matter-of-factly say things like you know, <laughs> in a very funny way <laughs> like you know everyone else has these kind of nuanced kind of arcs and he's just there to say it really bluntly and i just love that yeah i get the sense that uh you know, in a few years, people are going to uh, find, you know, find this movie if they hadn't previously and go, wow, look at all the people that are in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do think we have the cream of the crop when it comes to young Irish actors. It's just think, you know, whether it be Evan who plays Jack or Ian um, O'Reilly who plays Kev or, you know, the girls, um, Emma and, and, and Anastasia who play Janet and Tracy. They're so funny and so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I think they all have really bright futures ahead of them but you know um yeah I, I, we got we just got so lucky because i think with a comedy you need every role to work or sometimes you'll have a dud scene and in this we just had like even our extras were funny like you know there's a scene in the cinema where you have a bunch of extras giving hands <laughs> up to the boyfriend you know that they were just they just were committed actors they just went <laughs> and i was you know and that won't that only works if you have good background actors and you don't very often you can't get that many and we just got really lucky can i ask you about the uh brothel the 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 sex caravan that yeah, uh the sex that, caravan. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the what you were talking yeah. about there yeah. <laughs> i mean that's just such a it's it's <clears throat> It's almost just assumed. Nobody really questions it. Nobody really asks if this is the right thing to do. She just says, this is a place for horny teenagers to go. Yeah. And she's profiting off of it. Yeah. And it's it's just absolutely like, oh, uh, well, it seems like her mom even kind of knows about it. But like, it's it's... <laughs> How does that factor into your script when you're writing this? Like, you know what? Let's put a sex caravan in there, yeah, too. I, mean, I just think, you know, if we're going to talk about modern cinema, I think it's the tragic lack of sex caravans that's really dragging it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I kind of love that she has this escape plan. You know, she's making money to, to leave. And yeah. you know, she's got access to these caravans. She's got access to lots of horny teenagers that need to have sex. Let's make some money. Um, I just I love that. Um, like um, Amber is even though she she wants to be a punk, she'll grow up to be a brilliant businesswoman. Like she's just, <laughs> just mm-hmm. got a, it's just got a capitalist streak, and um, and it, it's manifested very early. Um, but yeah, um, but you know that like I mean I didn't have a sex caravan, um, but you know <laughs> kids are horny and they'll do it anywhere, and um, you know it, it just makes fun. It, yeah, it was good. It's funny because for for a a comedy that's so focused on sex, there's very little sex shown. <laughs> very little sex shown, except um, for one very I I don't like this word, but tender yeah. moment with with amber and uh the the girls she meets and it 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 goes to show that you don't have to go there in order to uh show a coming of age especially a sexual coming of age uh for for people that scene with eddie uh on stage just coming to terms with a part of himself is every bit as effective 
as a raunchy sex scene in a yeah. in an otherwise uh, lesser comedy. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I I guess I wanted to make sure that we weren't shying away from sex, and that you know, if you're going to have a film in which the two central characters are you know a lesbian and a gay guy, you want to make sure that you give them the opportunity to explore that that's that side themselves, and I think we yeah. give that to both the characters. But then, you know, and I think that, you know, like, I think as you mentioned, you know, there's really tender sexual moments in this, and I think it should be. But then, you know, sex, particularly when you're that age, is also just really bad and funny. And, <laughs> and um, like, I think I might, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could be in the Guinness Book of Records for the amount of hand jobs I've now directed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think, you know, I think all those things, you know, sex at that age is you know it's eye-opening it's really tender and sweet it can be really frightening as it is sometimes in the film it can be really funny and just ridiculous as it is in the film and i think you want to show that kind of breadth of experience um and you know look i don't want to direct a porno so it's never going to get too explicit with it but um, <laughs> right. you know you it is that thing you don't want to shy away from it but you know it's not the focus of the film um but yeah the, the were... movie theater scene though yeah. where <laughs> They're just, oh. they're like, <laughs> just them in the foreground, just like eating popcorn, watching the movie while all that's going on, though, is just, oh, it's brilliant. It, it was so much fun. And then it's like the most, it's like, it's the saddest film they're watching. I think the, the film yeah. they're watching is about a, a person dying of cancer. And you yeah. know, it's just like, you know, it's inappropriate. You're like, inappropriate film to be having a hand job. But yeah, you know, that's what happened in that cinema back then. Um, tragically, oh, no, wow. I was never cool enough, but you know, teenagers just go to the cinema to do that stuff and that's just it's true to life as well as being really funny um it was the most weird day on sex so i was like with my ad going how do i how do i direct this like how do i direct these guys to do that like what do i do <laughs> um, yeah but it was great it was fun <laughs> I know that this is mostly autobiographical. Well, not mostly autobiographical. It's it's based on real uh, things and and, yeah. and whatnot. But did you feel any pressure when you were writing this mm. to give Eddie any kind of like uh, love interest? Because I think that I think I think a lot of times these movies try to find their way to their happy ending through uh, a love interest of some sort, and I yeah. found it refreshing that it didn't do that yeah i think his you know i think his journey is about coming to terms with who he is and kind of going you know without giving it away it's it's about it's 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 self-acceptance and you don't find that in somebody else you know and i think you know when you do first come out um you're very often not yet in that place to be with somebody else. It just, you know, you can be lucky, but it's very rare. First you come out and then you go find somebody or, you know, find yourself. And so that was never mm -hmm. really just because it is so honest to life. And you know, that I, I, you know, that, that didn't happen to me. So, you know, I think for me, that wasn't his journey. I mean, I, you know, he has a really sweet moment. He has a, like probably the best first kiss in a gay club and <laughs> great moments, but yeah, it wasn't about for him. That wasn't his, that wasn't his journey you know this is it's a love story between him and amber and i wanted to keep that the focus you know it's very much so about these two kids um you know and yeah so yeah i didn't want to give him a boyfriend at the end because i think that would have <laughs> like i think we mentioned but it would have just felt expected it, it kind of feels like that's what happens and that's not it's not the story i was telling yeah if this was if I, if this movie was made here 
that that's exactly what would have happened. I have a feeling and it just yeah. doesn't, you're right. It doesn't seem true to life really. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, but, um, for the bastardized remake, they can do it. In there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, uh, guys, do you have anything else uh, to ask? I did actually, I did want to ask you real quick, if you don't mind, uh, the movie you did before this, The Cured, yeah. uh, which even though that's about, you know, zombies, it's, there's a lot of similar themes here. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of a horror drama about, you know, uh, cured zombies. But I mean, for me, that film was all about struggling with your inner monster. And I made it at a time mm-hmm. where I wasn't as at peace with myself. You know, so it feels like it's the other side of the coin to dating Amber. It's kind of, it was at a point when I was a very angry, frustrated man. And now mm. I'm, a, I'm a, I, I hope a more enlightened man. <laughs> I can make the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, you know, it's definitely a similar themes. Um, you know, I think, I don't know if, you know, I, it's funny because dating Amber, which originally was called Beards, was... I wrote it quite a long time ago and I, there was a time that it actually could have been my first film, but just, you know, financing happens in different ways. And, it, mm-hmm. but once I made the cured, I went straight back to try to get financing for dating Amber because it was such a passion project of mine. But I was thinking recently, had I had the opportunity to make it first, would it be as good? Would it be as funny? Would it, no, I don't know if I had the distance yet to tell that story <clears throat> like i think there's that thing of you know tragedy plus time equals comedy and i just think i, I don't think i had had enough time yet to make that film as well as i wanted to mm-hmm. make so i'm kind of quite grateful it wasn't the first feature because i think it's much better now that i have had all that yeah and also you learn so much on your first film you kind of learn a lot of lessons that you bring to your second film so yeah so i'm kind of glad that it worked out I just remember when that came out, that was, you know, there was obviously a, a, a lot of zombie movies coming out and TV shows and whatnot. And uh, I remember keep thinking, like, I wish somebody would do one about, like, if they actually got cured, because I just had uh, kind of this moment in my mind, like, you know, people that were around them would be like, I, I get that you couldn't help what you were doing, but you still ate my mom. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't forgive you for that. <laughs> that kind of, yeah. that kind of thing. And I know this is more of a drama, but I just, it was just, no, I, it was a really cool movie. Uh, yeah, a really cool take on the the zombie subgenre. Yeah, so. no, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I, I mean, it was a fun, it was a fun one to make. Um, it was, yeah, it was really good to make. I mean, you know, there's always chatter about revisiting it in TV or something, but um, it was, it was great. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it, you know, if I was going back to make it now, I'd put a few more jokes in it just because. <laughs> um, if you're going to be honest about life, you're going to have humor in it. It doesn't matter how tragic things are. There's always humor. And I think, you know, that's what that's, I think going forward in my career, I, even if it's quite dark material, I think there'll be a bit more humor in them just because I like doing humor. <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask if there was uh, any, any particular uh, day where there was some like uh, the hardest shooting day that you had, what was, what was the biggest pro- challenge that you had when you were shooting this? I mean, we got, we had an amazed, like, I mean, we got so lucky with this. We had a very tight five week shoot. So it was very tight, like 24 or five days shooting. And, but we worked because we rehearsed it so much with the actors. We managed to get through scenes really quickly and had time to play as well. So everything ran really smoothly. I think the only day we had real difficulty was I wrote Amber drives and Lola cannot drive. So we had to get, mm-hmm. oh, 
yeah so we had to get like a low loader but the low loader we got because we had no money well we had money we had very little it couldn't reverse so we kept having to drive around this massive kind of estate (laughs) it was the simplest scene but we ended up eating up time time and time so we had to lose one scene which was a dinner scene where the mother kind of looks kind of sadly at her son knowing kind of what he what he's going through we had to scrap it so at the end of the day we were losing life we're like quick Fionn, just run over to the swing and swing and look really depressed and <laughs> um, you know you want to give every scene time and you try not to give your actors an emotion which you know you, you try but sometimes you just have to shout and they go just look sad <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah but we, we had such a fun like genuinely every single day on that film was was a holiday it was so much fun um Again, because we had a great cast, great crew, and you know, it really did. I, I, I say my next film is going to be an absolute nightmare because I just I took all my luck in that one. <laughs> it translates, though. I, I found myself genuinely loving this movie, oh, uh, even though because of all the things that you've said, it's very it's a, it, emotional, mm. but it's sometimes it's just laugh out loud funny. Yeah, and 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 it's it's so true to life that and the characters are so enmeshed. You could tell that joy that you guys had translates uh, through the screen uh, just delightfully. So yeah. bravo. Thank you. Yeah, no, we we had so much fun. I think we're all really proud of it. I think um, you know, and it's been really nice because it came out in um, in the UK earlier, like in May, it came out. And we just keep, even daily now, we're still getting fan art and fan videos and like let messages. It's it's just really hit a chord with, surprisingly for me, I think, you know, I, I expected people of my age and your age going, oh, I remember the 90s, nostalgia, great. But we're actually getting loads of kids just going how much they've loved it and responded to it and how much it's kind of, how much they resonate with Fiona and Lola's characters. And that's not something I was expecting. And it's been a really lovely thing to to have. Kind of it's been quite cheering during this pandemic of ours. Well, Americans are gonna love it too. Um oh, and this is this is getting released in on VOD and digital. Uh mm. and do you know any theaters or anything like that? Um, it did some um it did it's doing some kind of virtual theaters, I think. But yeah, because of the goddamn uh, COVID thing in the Bob and Bob. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's kind of yeah straight digital and VOD, but um, which is great. People can enjoy it in the comfort. They can. Yeah, uh, I do want to know. Do you know what you're doing next? Are you working on anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. So I have. I have a few TV projects in development that I'm really excited about, but I can't announce. Um, and I have I've written another two feature scripts. One of them that we're hoping to shoot early next year called Epping. That is, it's a revenge comedy about a um, about a guy who tries to kill this other guy for killing his partner. But when he gets him back to his house, he can't go through it. It's they end up having to live together. Um, <laughs> it's an absurdist revenge comedy which i'm hoping to shoot next year and then yeah a few other really exciting things and i've just been kind of writing my way through this this lockdown so um yeah it's been it's been quite nice i can't (laughs) wait i can't wait and when the the next one comes out can you come on and and talk to us again i would love to yeah i would actually love that all right. We love you. So thank come you. back on. Um, we would like to thank David Frayne for giving us his time. Uh, this was wonderful. Your your movie, Dating Amber, is wonderful. Um, it comes out on November 10th. 
uh, it's an on-demand and digital. Um, that's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkinson, Barrett Share, and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.